Lee Whitehorn, 44 years of age, father of two, married to Laura, siblings, Luke, Jay, Rachel and Jane, uh, one father, two mums. That's me in a nutshell, footy coach. Oh, I that, look at myself as just the average, everyday, run-of-the-mill bloke. Why am I here today? Um, to talk about my diagnosis um, that I received, oh, not great with dates, but I'm going to say about six weeks ago. Um, and I was diagnosed uh, initially with a lesion, which I think is a nice word initially for a tumour or cancer. And I was diagnosed with a diffused glioblastema. How are you doing? Episode uh, 12 of the C Word podcast. I'm Luke. I'm on Riverside, well, online, digital with uh, Leroy down in Adelaide. How are you I'm doing? very good. Amazing, amazing. And we also have a special guest today, but before we dive into that, I'm not going to do... I'm not going to do the intro yet. We're going to pause on that one. But we do have a special guest with us today who has given up her very valuable time to come and have a conversation with us, which we are very grateful for. Um, but before we dive into that one, Leroy, how you doing, mate? What's going on? Um, look, apart from my hairstyle at the moment, as you can see, but people listening won't. No, no, no one else can. I much to this morning. But on a positive, if I show you this side of my head, what can you see? Hair. Yes. Amazing. Slowly yes, coming back. I mean, the balance is not quite right. It's about an inch and a half long on my right-hand side, and then it's a little bit shorter on the other side. But um, I have to admit, I didn't think I'd, I didn't think I'd care too much. But it was like a little, um, a little boost when I saw that growing back last week. I thought, okay, that's a, that's got to be a good thing. Yeah. Like if that's not come back so um and it'll be cheaper i won't have to get my hair cut as often i can just let it grow um instead of getting the side trimmed up for 38 dollars every 10 days beautiful so there's been real positives that have come out of this that's my positive so <laughs> i want to be much to others <laughs> well we do look for the optimistic approach here on the all about balance, yeah. and that's just balance with my hair amazing and uh, and how you been feeling What's the latest? Uh, pretty good. What's the latest? We last caught up um, about two weeks ago. Well, not us, but I mean on the C word, we caught up about two weeks ago, I think it was. Uh, what's been up? Well, I've been lucky enough to have um, your fine self and Borhan um, surprise visit last weekend, which um, very rarely am I shocked or um, uh, get emotional or immediately. Um, I think I felt a tear in one eye when I saw you come walking across the road from the Ramsgates um, to the little Mexican restaurant we were at uh, on the weekend. So <laughs> I will put it down to that because, no, yeah, I don't cry. Um, but it was, um, that, that, was a, that was a highlight. That was, um, even though I've only been gone for a short period of time, that was, um, it was just really, really good to see your face and to see Bori's face and, um, and enjoy some time with you guys. And it was great for the boys. They thoroughly enjoyed uh, that. As you can see with Jack, he's probably grown three feet and put on 15 kilos and now basically holds all of us to ransom in the house, even though he's the youngest. Pretty much. And uh, does some great great singing, great dancing, great bashing, great, like everything. He's just a, his full spectrum, I think. So we, we get every, every part of him with it. But uh, but how we how, so where are things at um, 
on the medical front, you have, uh, the last time we spoke, you'd been to the new hospital, I think, but we didn't have a date for when the MRI was. What's the latest now? Yeah, so we just got notification about the next MRI and it's on the 14th of um, next month. So it's a bit of a, um, uh, a bit of time in between my last one. Um, leaving Brisbane, they expected um, that to happen very quickly. Came to Adelaide, um, and as we've spoken about previously in relation to uh, doctors and our expectations and how we are treated, and um, it's different wherever you go, uh, and it's definitely been different thus far here in in Adelaide. Um, good, but but different. They're just a little bit. Um, what's the term? In a nice manner, a little more relaxed. <laughs> Uh, about their approach, which doesn't generally sit well with my wife, because again, to to her, I'm well, I'm not the most important person because uh, our two boys are, but I'd like to think that I'm third uh, in line. You're definitely high up in there. I'd say oh, look, there's a strong pretty high up there. Yeah. 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 Um, so, from her perspective, she's always wants the very best. Wants better service, more attention, all of that sort of stuff. Very good. So you're feeling so you're feeling good. Chemo's going fine. MRI's set up for the 14th of November. We'll know a little bit more after that. I think without further ado, it's uh, very, very important that we introduce our, our uh, wonderful guest today. Um, and uh, we've spoken about um, our guest before. This is someone who I think Lee spoke about you, Kim, probably one of our first couple of podcasts, I would say. Um, but uh, yes, we've, we've asked uh, Kim to come along and, and I won't do the introduction. I, I, this is a connection between the two of you and I'm looking through the, the computer screen at the two of you sat there. So you're probably gonna have a much more engaging conversation than me sat over here in Britain. Um, but I know Leroy, if you wanna introduce Kim in, but Kim, welcome. Thank you so much for making time to come and chat with oh, us. You're welcome, thanks for inviting me. Um, yeah, look, I mean, in terms of an introduction, I think uh, I, I can't recall um, how I described or explained uh, Kim and Jared and her family and um, I guess the influence or the impact that they had on on me many years ago, initially through football, um, but then uh, I guess from a distance looking at a family that has faced significant adversity and the way that they've managed Throughout that period, uh, I would say, I, very rarely do you see Kim with not a positive and happy look on her face. I dare say Jared's probably seen the opposite <laughs> on a number of occasions with what a partner's for. Um, but then uh, just a really bright and uh, lovely and engaging and supportive family and, um, uh, and one that, came to mind, like I said, when I needed a point of reference early on, um, because I think you, I don't know how everybody else feels when you have, when something happens, but you, for me, that was, I needed a reference. I needed something and, um, and, and I don't know why, because I've got lots of points of references, I guess, that I could use, but um, for whatever reason, him and her family have sort of had that space, I guess, where I've admired the way that they've managed um, their lives and what they have gone through and what they're going through and continue to go through and how they do it in a really, really positive 
um, manner and educate. So, so Kim is um, someone that will probably not say much about herself and won't talk herself up. Um, <laughs> but is okay. So you'll sit on the sideline to do the cheerleading, and then we'll get Kim to yeah. just give us the facts. But I think you know before we dive into the conversation as well, it's really important to call out. You know, I know having been the person who kind of sat across from Lee throughout this you know, throughout the last, how long it's been, what, six months or so, or maybe less, but um, you guys really were a point of reference for him. There was a couple of conversations that we've had, we've recorded, maybe didn't land in the final recording because of, I don't know, the amount of rubbish we bang on about in these conversations <laughs> that eventually Jay's a bit like, oh, for God's sakes, guys, we'll cut that, we'll come back to that. But it, it's it's definitely been an ongoing conversation. I think it's really important because it, it was, um, I think, as someone on the sidelines watching in, it was definitely some, a way for him, for Lee to be able to reference a point of optimism and a point of strength and to be able to really, you know, you know what it's like when you, and, and we're going to learn more about that in a moment. I'm sure when you're in that space of adversity, who am I looking to that? That's almost like a bit of a guiding light. And I think, um, that was, that was, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Lee, but that was a bit of what I, I saw along the way. So, um, it must, you know, kudos to you guys for, for, for that, that strength, but I guess it'd be good to, for people listening to understand a little bit more around your story, the facts, of course, you know. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Luke. Um, I guess Lee was part of our world when um, things were really tough with Isla, so he probably did, um, you know, he heard all about the hardest times and I guess he was a pillar of strength also for Jared and spending so much time with him around the what was happening in our world. So basically our daughter Isla is, um, has what we call West syndrome. So at four months old, she was diagnosed with a rare and catastrophic, catastrophic form of epilepsy. Um, so the seizures began then. Um, her journey then has taken so many different paths. Um, it's been a long fight with medication and hospitals and neurologists um, to, you know, figure out what's right for her and how we, um, how we manage the seizures and how we get her the best outcome that she could get. So, I mean, I can talk about that journey in all sorts of ways, um, but what's happened is she tried every medication that she could of epilepsy medication um, we fought really hard with early intervention and therapy and hospitals and doctors and neurologists and we got her to a place where she wasn't supposed to walk, talk or do anything like that but at the age of two she did do that. She started to walk and talk um, so we gathered a whole lot of hope from that and we thought what can we do to help her get the best possible life she can. Um, so. I didn't work and we put a lot of energy into um, how we're going to do that and how we're going to work and build relationships with key people like neurologists um, to get her in that space. Um, so yeah, we four years of fighting for what we call medicinal cannabis or CBD oil um, and she's been seizure free for three years now once we finally got permission for her to go on that. So it's been a long journey um, to get her there and there's been a whole lot of things to happen to get to that place. Um, in saying that, what happens with epilepsy and seizures is that it never goes away. So unfortunately, this week, 
we have seen her have uh, her first tonic-clonic seizure in three and a half years. So it's probably a very timely time to have a conversation. Um, why you say that? Um, there's so many triggers with epilepsy. It could be puberty, it could be um, growth, it could be absolutely anything really. Um, so back again on high alert with her seizures again. Yeah, so. wow. I guess trying to pair it back just a little bit and keeping it really simple, because one thing that we found on here is there's lots of stuff that we can talk about. And the reality was, you know, when we were going through the different types of treatment, there's, there's things that we talk about and we probably take for granted that we think we know, but maybe we don't really know. So I guess for those listening at home, what, like, what is, as you understand it, what is epilepsy? What's, what's happening? What's happening inside? What, what, why does this, why does this occur? Um, so basically how we describe it is, or how we describe it in children's terms is it's a thunderstorm in her brain and you can't control her. Um, so basically just the neurons in her brain have not, um, uh, are firing when they're not supposed to. And what, like, like, why do, do they know why it happened? Or is that, is that the, the whole unknown is that we don't know why this is occurring? So with epilepsy, there's so many either syndromes that relate with seizures or there's just having epilepsy or there's seizures that come with other things like your neurological disorders or your cancers or things like that. Um, so there's no real understanding and because the brain is so complex of why. So at the moment, Isla has no reason why she has epilepsy. Wow. That's, um, that's challenging, right? <laughs> to, I think it's because a lot of the thing that we've been talking about is at least getting an understanding of the why, right? Like at the end of the day, you kind of want to know, okay, well, you know, it's the immediate question. Well, why is this happening? Why do you have this? Why do you have that? How do you, how do you cope not knowing the whys? Yeah. So I guess, um, cause we've, we created a foundation called Isis Purple Crusade for that very reason. Um, is because you don't, a lot of people don't know the whys. Um, so you educate on the things that are actually, that you, that you know. So um, how do I explain that? <laughs> how do I explain that, Lee? Um, so, yeah, so for Isla, for example, we don't know why. We can't blame, but what we can do is give her the, best possible life she can and that's why we've hunted down all the research to find the right medication to help her unfortunately for someone like Isla what comes with West syndrome what comes with brain damage what comes with seizures is then disability so she also has a disability because of her epilepsy not everyone has that some people just have the seizures or some people just have epilepsy but with her, she has a whole, whole syndrome. Okay, wow. And, and that's been from day one. That hasn't been a progressive thing that's built out. Okay. Well, the brain damage happened early. And if you can't, so in stepping back, she'd have up to 500, 700 seizures a day. So that had like full, like full body seizures. Are they little, like, are they little mini to, to use your words? And I hope it doesn't talk it down, but like, are they mini storms in the brain? Yes, like so that's, 500, that's, a, that's the, that's why the word catastrophic comes into it. Cause it's a catastrophic brain storm for minutes and hours on end throughout a whole day. Yeah. What love. Yeah. So that's why it's important to get control of those at such a young age. And that's why you try. And so with epilepsy, you don't walk out of a 
neurologist with a clear path, you walk out with trial and error and trial and error and medications and combinations and yeah. Yeah, wow. And do you look back over your over this journey to where you've got to so far and do you see who you were at the beginning and then see who you are now? Like do you do much reflection on that and, and kind of see where you've come from? Like who are you now versus who were you there? Did you, did you take it as well as you seem to be explaining it now at the beginning or, or was, it, was it quite overwhelming, quite, quite a lot to take on? Um, yeah, probably my character of strength probably had a lot to do with that. It was this isn't about me, this is about her. Um, we grabbed the motto of day by day we didn't want to ever get too far ahead of ourselves in anything. Um, so everything was day by day. And basically it was, we are going to give our child the best possible outcome that we can give her. And whatever that meant, it meant. So did I put, did I put everything else before myself? Yes, that's just how it works. Yeah, absolutely. Reflection, not very good on reflection. <laughs> It's just, it is what it is. And it continues to be the same. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, it's interesting you use the, the reference of day by day. That was, that was part of your guiding light, wasn't it, Lee? That was, that was the reference point that you made back to uh, Kim and to Jared was going, there was one thing they always said, which was, you know, just take it, that whole day by day piece. And I think that, that really factored into your journey as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was there. And again, it's hard to... Um, uh, for me at that point in time with everything that had gone on um to have anything of clarity any clarity of thought i guess or was probably it was quite rare at that point but there were a few things that were quite clear for me so um one was the continued um support from my family and um, and KFC and um, <laughs> and um, and the others were just the simple things that came through from from friends and you, you get like I said before you get a lot of messages and this is not meant in a negative way at all but everybody wants to come to a crisis when there's a crisis people want to come they want to help they want to say something because they want to be nice they want to do something nice but the reality is that the majority of those people that will will make a comment that they can't they've got a full life they've got their own things to do they've got families they've got they've got other issues but every now and then you'll get something that resonates with you and is like okay that's that's hit home for me and kim had just sent me a little message around that and was like just day by day and that's probably how i've lived my life in reality like um I, I always have. I've never planned too far ahead with anything, and it's probably, to a degree, is a downfall. <laughs> I should have had three houses by now, but um, but I haven't because I've just done things day by day, and um, maybe that's I don't know, kind of helped me in a way that I'm not looking too far forward with anything, but listening to somebody that's gone through something over an extended period of time to be in the space that they're in and get a comment like that is. Yeah, that just stuck with me and I was like, okay, so that's how, that's how I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this every, just day by day. I'm going to get up, see my kids in the morning, going to be happy to see them. 
Um, if they spill their milk drink on me, oh, yes, internally, probably a bit like the Hulk. There's rage in there going, how did they spill this milk? But at the same time, it's like, okay, you know what? It's just milk and it's just bed sheet and it doesn't matter. It's okay. It's all good. Carry on. Kim, Kim's very much nodding her head here. She's going, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, Actually, you raised an interesting point and I want to ask this question because it's relevant to the conversations we've been having. There was a, um, and this is directed to you, Kim, there was a, um, a conversation we had and uh, it was around the support of those around you. So exactly what Lee touched on there. One of the biggest challenges he kind of found along the way was people want to rush in and they want to give everything. And it's almost like, well, for someone who's sitting within the storm, who's kind of sat there dealing with it is almost like, well, actually I have a little bit of a, I also have a bit of an expectation, I guess, of what I need from those people around around me. Have you, what has it been like for, I know you've put, you know, you've obviously put Isla and put all that in, put all that um, importance in, in front of you first to, to, to look after those needs, but have you experienced anything similar where people kind of feel like, how can I help? What can I do? But then, you know, is it really sustainable? Is it not? What, what's your experience been like? Um, well, yeah, so the journey's 12 years now. So she's 12. Um, we've, I guess what's happened with us is we've created the Isla's Purple Crusade and we've done a whole lot of fundraising and education and awareness and the community around us has really stuck. So that's how they have helped. So the people who have wanted to help have helped in that way by attending fundraising, doing what they can for Isla. Um, in terms of close friendships, well, 12 years on, it's the ones that are still here, that are still, you know, sending you messages and checking in on you. Um, they're the ones that you know will never go away and will always want to understand. I think that's the biggest thing is that people who want to understand, they're the ones that ask you the questions and they, they want to actually try and have some idea of your world. Um, and they're the ones that have stuck around 12 years later and that we're you know, eternally grateful for. Um, but as far as living in Little Semaphore, and you always refer back to Adelaide and the, the you know, as it is, um, the community around here is absolutely amazing. And they have just given us and Isla and epilepsy. We've just, we've just put it out there and people now have so much more of an understanding because of that and the community around us. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. What's your, what's your biggest wish in this space like what what is still one of your outside of the the health and the well-being of of your daughter which is obviously paramount what is what's the other part in terms of this education piece and this 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 knowledge that you're offering to people to be supportive what's your biggest wish in that space oh well at the moment it's probably um so obviously i've been a big advocate around medical cannabis and watching the impact that it has had on making her not have seizures for three and a half years. So mm. probably mine is around the access of that. Um, my path changed a little bit because of Isla's disability, because she has an intellectual disability and autism because of her epilepsy. So mm. it becomes very, the path really changes for us quite a bit. Um, but in terms of epilepsy, it's probably around just control and accessibility to magic medication to control the seizures just to give yeah. people a better life because they can actually really disable your life you now have access to it obviously she's used it for the last three and a half years is this something that everyone gets access to is it something you've had to fight for for your specific case yeah i fought for four years for her um have a really good relationship with her neurologist but it was a very big fight 
Um, so four years she got access, um, but unfortunately it was $520 a bottle and that would only last for five to six days. Whoa. So, um, but it's now come down and you can approximately get it for $190 a bottle. But, yeah, it's just not affordable. So much cheaper now. It's phenomenal, but um, uh, it's phenomenal when you look at this sort of stuff and, and you and you look at the cost that is placed on items such as CBD or things that is, could be significant in terms of managing people's welfare and health. And then the price and the value that's put on it. Um, and it's hard, it, it's hard because you look at it and think, hang on, there's you see all of these fundraisers that come up and money that goes into different areas and you think, oh, geez, is it just that so much money can be placed into one area but then not into into the spaces um, that matter to you? But then I guess you've also got to take a step back and go, well, everybody's facing some sort of adversity. Is there a list of priorities? Are we number, like, is, is, is brain cancer number one? Is epilepsy number one? What is the... Um, and there's probably not. It's the wellness of every individual, I guess, and their own, and their health. But getting a balance in that space will, will that ever happen? Probably, probably not. Um, but I guess there are individuals like Isler that are hard to use the term lucky. But lucky that she's got a mother that has uh, battled as hard as she has to provide the lifestyle that she has now and the access to those particular things. But it would be really nice to see over time just some simple, thing cha- simple things change where the access to those types of medications become less because, um, like even with my medications, um, we look at it and go, oh, it's not too bad, but it's, still, it's probably 100 bucks a week at least. Um, yeah. Now, will that ever change? No, but that's, mm. uh, you know, there are medications where people just go and get bulk filled and it's the simple things. Um, you know, it might be for a cough. <laughs> and you think, oh, come on, where's the, where is the, where's the justice in that? Where's the fairness in that? Where's the, um, but it's that awareness, I guess, that um, needs to continue to occur in different spaces. I'm not in the space that Kim is in because for me and what I'm going through is new to me and I'm learning um, as, I, as I go and I'm really lucky that I've got a wife that is doing all of the research for really silent people that just go out and have the little battles for you and fight because your energy needs to be placed into your own um wellness i suppose um and it's uh a very unselfish and uh and some sort of amazing acts that people um undertake every day for 12 years to be able to do what this family's done is really significant and probably what kim won't say anything about is the accolades that she has doesn't want but has been awarded over recent times. Now, I don't know the title, so I'm going to get Kim to actually explain what they are. But I know, I know that they're significant. And when you <laughs> um, when you're travelling internationally to be recognised for the work that you've done in the space that you've done, um, I think you're a pretty significant individual and someone that's had 
an enormous impact on and on not just people with epilepsy but people across the board that are facing adversity and like we said when we first started this podcast um it's not about a specific illness or or, or a disability or whatever it is it's this is about having conversations with people that have faced adversity because adversity is the same for everybody, for everything, whether it's a knee operation, a shoulder operation, and, and I'm just panicked and stressed and worried and concerned about what's the outcome of, am I going to play football again? Will, will this change everything? Everybody's different. The level of anxiety and their panic and their ability to deal with everybody is different. Um, but having conversations about your story and what you've done and how you've faced it and where you're at now and how you continue to face it and the simple things like day by day, and I don't think you're probably going to find a better quote or approach. It's simplistic but it's strong and it's relevant and it makes sense. And it when we bring everything back, uh, I think it's just how everybody should be looking at life is that it is day by day because you don't know if you've got it tomorrow. You've only got the day that's here right now and it's about how you treat people and so forth. So um, I'll let Kim just just really briefly explain <laughs> what she's been nominated for, what she has <laughs> won previously because it is important to, uh, I feel anyway, when people are listening to this type of thing and we have not a bad little group that actually listen to this i found out the other week i think we have about 700 every week awesome. around there that listen which yeah, like i'm pretty chuffed with that's yeah. quite um you know yeah. um i certainly know it's not for my radio voice definitely for yours luke that's all the <laughs> that come um, absolutely that's it that's exactly why people tune in yeah problems are problems no matter what they are and and, and where you are they're all the same but it's how we face them and how we connect with people and Anyway, enough for me. <laughs> now Kim's had enough time no. to think about her awards. She's been nominated for and won. So what have you, Kim, with all the work that you've done? Yes. I know you've been nominated for quite a bit. Um, <laughs> could you give us yeah. a quick run through? A quick to... run through, yeah. Okay, if I can remember. Um, oh, look, there's been a few awards for the space in epilepsy. So around... Um, the community Australia Day Award for the Community Event of the Year. So that was pretty exciting when we gathered a whole lot of the people around in Semaphore and raised a twenty thousand dollars in one morning for epilepsy, and we won the Australia Day Award. So that was pretty great. Um, personally, yes, I do get <laughs> nominated for awards, and um, I have won a government award. I have won a um, what we call getting epilepsy out of the shadows so that was where we um, got to visit Hong Kong and I was um, yes presented that award um, there's been a few others statewide hero and things like that just simple things um, but the most recent probably is yeah was a real shock actually um, was I've been made ambassador to the epilepsy center but I've also received the order of Australia medal for the work I have done um, with epilepsy, and um, we'll be presented that on the first of November. So that, yeah. <laughs> so that's wow. Congratulations! I'm sure it's one of those. You know, it's it's a little bit of that bittersweet feeling. But do you know what? I think it's still testament to the um, to the the strength and the determination that you clearly display and uh, and demonstrate and 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 
you know, and deliver. Cause I think it's all about action, right? It's not just words. You got, you, you're actually, yeah, genuinely doing some great stuff. So congratulations. Yeah. Amazing. So before we uh, begin to wrap up and if you've got anything else you need to jump in and, and ask uh, Lee, do that, I guess knowing we've got, so with the foundation that, that you're running and with the work that you're doing, what do you want people to know? What, what, this is your opportunity on here to, to speak to our handful of listeners who, who, who come on the journey, but what can people do to support you or to yeah, get involved sure. um, in the work that you're doing? Um, so yeah, we run Isla's Purple Crusade. Um, we hold lots of fundraisers. I go out and talk to different places. Um, but what we generally do is fundraise for the Epilepsy Centre because they don't receive any government funding at all. Um, we raise money to support families with like seizure monitors because with epilepsy, unfortunately, um, there's a huge risk of death in your sleep. Um, so without scaring anyone, that's the reality. So every night we put our daughter to bed, it's a huge risk and it's a huge fear that you constantly live with. Um, so we, that's probably one of the things I, um, um, with the fundraising most grateful for is because those families get a good night's sleep with peace of mind that their child or family member is safe. Um, what I would like to do is just have the opportunity that people are educated in epilepsy and if someone was to have a seizure that someone knows how to give them first aid without putting anyone at risk, especially the person having the seizure. Um, and just probably, it just needs to be, people just need to understand it more and to, to be able to provide support and the families need support around paths because like I said, there's no clear path on what to do. So they're the, probably the big things with what we do. We just want people to understand. I have a lot of people contact me privately for advice so i do that and then forward it on to the appropriate epilepsy organization as well in their own state or city so. perfect amazing that really got me then i was like listening to your story especially you said the the risk of um death in their sleep that really uh i couldn't i can't fathom what that must feel like um to to kind of have that reality so that's yeah that's very powerful the um We'll put into the show notes some information. So I guess there's a website people can go to, how they can connect with you and, and, and so on. So we'll pop that in the show notes. And I guess, you know, before we wrap up a couple of questions for you that I have is, you know, you've spoke a lot around hope in terms of, you know, the hope of seeking out pathways and, and different, you know, things to change. What does hope look like for you? What, is it, what, is, what does hope mean? Yeah, so hope means for me is that Isla will get to a place where she can have long periods of seizure freedom like she's had um, and hope that one day she will be able to live independently because of her epilepsy. She has all the disabilities, um, but that's the hope for us, for her. And I guess that's, yeah, that's the one thing that I've held on to through the whole 12 years is hope. Mm, beautiful. And in terms of the last question I have, in terms of your strength and looking at, the need for strength for anyone going through their own level of adversity, someone like Lee, where he has drawn on your strength, you know, where, where do you draw your strength from and what, what kind of, what advice would you leave with people? Um, that's always a very interesting question, where you gain your strength from. Um, I would gain my strength from knowing, like I said in the beginning, beginning that it's not about me. So it's up to me to be that pillar of strength. 
Um, I get my strength from my parents. Um, that's been always instilled in me. I can put on a brave face, so I have to have outlets to go and regain that strength, whether that's down at the beach or that's a podcast or that's something else. But it's for me, it's just being able to get the good support around you, talk and, um, yeah, find an outlet of like meditation or a space where you can just regroup and know that you need that strength to continue on for who you're doing it for, whether it's yourself or someone else. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with us uh, today. And, you know, our, our hearts go out to, to Isla as she continues to go through, you know, her, her own challenges and to, to you and your family. And um, and I hope everyone uh, listening can, can find a way that they can continue to support or at least draw on that strength to be able to help themselves through whatever they're going through as well. Um, and Leroy, always good to see you, mate. Glad you're doing all right. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much. Still recovering from the weekend. Too much food. <laughs> <laughs>